All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast. It's Thursday. It is December 10th. I'm Doug Norian. Over there is James Davis. We are coming at you. Week 14, uh, cash game picks. A little bit of a weird week. We're getting into the end of the season here. Your fantasy playoffs are probably starting. I know that because I had a team make the playoffs this year, so a little bit of a humble brag. Um, with my in our in my league with Chris Durrell, right? Don't right, mind if I do. Where I announced at the beginning of the season, my team comes in last place, and it's not even going to be close. And then just proceeded to have the all-time luckiest fantasy season that anyone could ever have. Didn't lose a single guy to COVID. Didn't lose a single guy to injury. <laughs> like just well, you picked responsible young men to head your team. You didn't pick those guys that are going to be out on Saturday with the boys. You know. I will say, though, so this, like this is not about good. my team, but my brother-in-law, Casey, who we talked a lot about preseason bets, about over-unders, he was, like, just running down, like, all the under bets he was putting in on, like, basically everybody because, uh, yeah, just, like, COVID. There was just, like, so many ways to hit the under on different stuff this season, like, more than usual. And then, but our big one was, like, we got to bet the under on Derrick Henry. Like, the guy just coming off, like, 400 touches, and, like, everyone dies after this. And then he's texting me the other day. He's oh, like, yeah. Derrick Henry, like, coming off a season that everyone statistically just drops off a cliff. Then, like, his whole team tests positive for COVID except for him, basically. <laughs> like, so he just, he just, every single thing happened for Derrick Henry to just hit the over, like, in a way that just never, ever should have happened. So that was a fun little tilt to listen to. <laughs> yeah, Henry is a really singular guy, like, you know, I was right there with you that all the numbers pointed to him going the route of like Le'Veon Bell or something like that. But uh, as we'll get to later, Doug, I don't I don't think he has. No, well, it just he clearly hasn't. He's like I think that's a I, teaser right there. <laughs> teaser. Right. My my hot take on Derrick Henry, not as bad as Doug thought he would be at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I didn't think he would be bad. I just we'll, thought, we'll like, get to we'll get to that more later. Well, I mean, I guess I didn't think he would be bad, but I just kept waiting for you know historically this is just not really what happens. Anyway, let's talk week fourteen cash picks. A little bit of a weird week here. I mean, we do get oh, yeah. you made a point uh, earlier in the season, or I think mean, actually maybe it was just last week. I can't remember two weeks ago um, that. KC has played on like almost no main slates this year, and they're Correct, back on yeah. it. They're back on it this this week. Um, I didn't. You know, they're a little bit expensive, but it was just it was kind of a reminder that oh right, like what have they been on five main slates this whole season? Fewer. It's been <laughs> right. it's, it's been they played so many primetime games or just uh, you know evening games or whatever. Anyway, they're on here. Um, we'll talk about a few of these guys as well. Want to get into the cash game stuff, and we'll go position by position. At, at quarterback, I, I really kind of think. I do think some people will pay up for Mahomes. I did not write him up because I don't love the matchup and sort of like the overall pace of play that he's getting from Miami. So I just wanted to make mention of him because, like, obviously he's been amazing this season. I started with Russ Wilson. What do you make of – I call him – friends call him Russ. Some other people call him Russell. The, yeah. Uh, he you know, he starts off the season amazing. He's been unobjectively bad from a fantasy standpoint over the last three or so weeks, maybe four weeks, where he's been barely thrown any t- – like his yeah. touchdown to interception rate is almost one-to-one – when it seemed like earlier in the season, every single pass he threw was a touchdown. And that has, I don't know, regressed or whatever you want to call it. But it's just, it's not, it hasn't come through over the last couple of weeks. Um, but he walks into a matchup here against the Jets, who've just been absolutely torched by opposing quarterbacks this season, coming off a week where Derek Carr mm-hmm. did it to him and then, you know, they gave up the miracle play. Are you fine running Russ back out here in cash, knowing that the recent, like the recent game log looks bad, but the matchup and just probably the pedigree? I don't know. He kind of seems like a spot for me, but I do get a little worried when I've seen multiple weeks of just of it not looking so great. Yeah, I mean, the big issue with Russ has been the sacks, right? He's just getting so much pressure in the backfield. And, like, I don't know if you'd know this just by, like, off the top of your head, but the minimum he's been sacked in any game this year is two times. Mm. And he got sacked five times by the Giants. 
uh, got sacked six times by the Rams. So these teams that have a good front seven that can get after the quarterback really present a lot of problems to him. Um, the Jets are not one of those teams, <laughs> to be clear. So I think we'll see him right the ship in a dramatic way this week. We talked about this going into last week, but the Jets are really, they're not a great defense as it is. And even at their level, they're a funnel defense and that they're much better against the run than against the pass. So I think we'll see Wilson get back on track this week. I'm not penciling him in for a bunch of interceptions or anything. Uh, I think he'll stay on his feet, continue to run, you know, six plus times a game and probably hit the 300 yard threshold for the first time in four weeks too. So I'm definitely a believer this week. Yeah. um, I think over the last, I think this season I had it up before I wrote it. The Jets have allowed just massive point games to opposing quarterbacks. I think they've allowed six times of more than 25 DraftKings points to quarterbacks this season. So, and I believe that's the most in the league. They rank dead last against the pass sort of by a healthy margin at this point. They've, you know, vaulted over or under whatever way you want to look at it. Jacksonville who held that Mm -hmm. title for a lot, a long time this season. So I think I'm okay with Russ. I do think people will probably be spooked a little bit by the the recent performance, but I'm not going to, there's just too long of a track record of this guy, you know, being able to put it together. So, um, I think I'm going to start there. I try to go down to a couple different tiers here because, like, Wilson's in that Wilson Mahomes, I suppose Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray group. I went down a little bit to Taysom Hill. It looks like Taysom Hill, this is going to be – well, it would be interesting to see what they do here because he's been pretty good since he took over for Breeze. Breeze is supposed to come back next week, so but I'm not sure if they just say, you know, Breeze it's Breeze's job to keep or, you know, they're winning with Breeze and they've been winning with Hill. Um where do you stand with him in the fantasy perspective? I, I, you know, 10, 10, and 14 carries in his three games, uh, four yeah. rushing touchdowns total. And when he's been asked to pass, when the conditions have been okay, he's been actually, you know, pretty efficient. 73% last week, 78% the week against Atlanta. The week against Denver was a little weird, um, I, I suppose. But, you know, where do you stand on Taysom Hill as a running him back out there in cash? Because we did it last week. Don't mind it at all. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson's rookie season. Mm-hmm where he came up and people are like, can they really hand the ball this guy 10 plus times a game? And and the answer is yes. Uh, Hill's effective on the ground. He's essentially the goal line back. And he's a, a capable passer too. He's probably better at passing than Jackson was during his rookie year. So I think he's a perfectly viable cash game option. You're starting the game with four and a half points from the rushing. And that's just a great running head start for a fantasy quarterback. So, you know, the matchup's nothing to scare you. I, I'm I'm totally fine with it. I, I could play him every week at sub eight thousand dollar or sub eight thousand on FanDuel and feel fine about it. Yeah, and he's sixty six hundred on DraftKings, which is pretty palatable. Um, I would take him. You know, I, I'm not saying I would take him over in terms of raw points, guys like Kyler. Although you know, you got to be a little bit worried about Kyler has just stopped running over the last three weeks, and yeah. and he gets a Giants defense, so. Um, and the prices drop, but yeah, like right now, Hill is one, two, three, four. I think he's like fantasy QB nine on DraftKings with guys like Ryan Tannehill above him. I know he gets Jacksonville Brady's above him. That's just flat out wrong. So the yeah, I do I do like the price point that you kind of jump down to in terms of Hill because I think again, like the price has climbed up since his first week, but it hasn't climbed up all the way there because often these pricing algorithms sometimes just can't can't fully account. They're not going to. They, they're not able to spike it quick enough sometimes, and this might be the last week to play him if, if we're going to get Breeze back healthy. The last guy I wrote up, up is going against him, and that's Jalen Hurts, who's going to get the start for Carson Wentz. Uh, he came in last week. He was pretty inefficient, but he ran the ball a decent amount. And if you've been listening to our podcasts for or reading our stuff for a while, we just are 
always going to default, not always, but often going to default to the, to the quarterbacks who can run because you simply just get such a higher floor uh, mm-hmm. on that compared to these traditional pocket passers like Brady, like a, like a Matt Ryan, dudes like this uh, from a fantasy perspective. You just need a lot more to go right. Is the sample size from Hertz enough to – and I'm, by the way, I'm going to make one more distinction here. I'm mostly talking DraftKings where he's essentially the minimum for a quarterback. He's like 5,000. So he plays last week. He instantly just goes out there and runs five times for 29 yards. He was only five for 12, though the yardage ends up kind of getting there. Would he be a situation where on DraftKings we'd feel comfortable like risking it? We have done this in the past um, with very specific guys. I'm not sure if Hurts fits the mold here for you. I do think he's going to have a long leash in that I think he could probably be bad, be bad from a real quarterback standpoint and not get the hook. So what are your thoughts here on Jalen Hurts? I think there's a lot of risk to playing Hurts this week. I think he generated a lot of yards last week. You couldn't like I don't think you can pencil him in for when he goes five for twelve to that turn that into one hundred and nine passing yards, right? Like that just seems kind of random to me. I expect that number to be more like fifty yards <laughs> in most cases. Uh, so I'd shave a little bit there. The rushing is encouraging. I mean, he's gone out there and carried the ball in different packages earlier this season and and been very effective on the ground. He also managed to take three sacks on twelve dropbacks last week, too. so, I think it could go sideways for Hertz in a hurry here. I, the minimum price is what confounds everything that could make it worth it. You know, I haven't totally wrapped my mind around the math just yet. If you think his true kind of like game looks something like 13 carries, you know, plus a little bit of passing, if he doesn't go negative on the passing, basically, that's probably ultimately worth it. Like if we think about him then in terms of, would you say the exact number was? 5,000? Uh, it was 5,100. 5100 yeah so think about the running backs you get in that in that price tier um and then you can kind of do some mental gymnastics to be like okay well if i get you know 50 yards on the ground plus 150 yards through the air and it kind of adds up at that point but it's not something like i'm immediately enthusiastic about new orleans tough defense as well and it could be a tough week for her i could also see him just taking a beating and not playing out the game even though like you said they're probably priced into Sticking with it, I don't know. It, it It's pretty scary. It doesn't seem safe at all. Like I said, I like to give guys the different tiers of this thing because it's easy to just write up like, you know, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and, and Russell Wilson and call it a day. I, that's why, I, especially in DraftKings, I do think there are reasons to sometimes head down into the lower tier in a way that you don't have to do on FanDuel just because of the pricing differences. I agree, and, there, and there's there's precious little true value at, at a lot of the skill positions or yeah. positions this week, and so that could that could tip the scales in his favor. I was just gonna say maybe we'll talk about this in the game of the game podcast because I was like, well, maybe Daniel Jones would have been the guy who fits like a very like a sort of a similar mold, um, not all that good of an efficient quarterback, fifty five hundred, four hundred more. So we can talk mm-hmm. about him on the game by game podcast that we're going to do tomorrow. Let's hit up running backs. Um, I, this, I mean, okay. There's maybe one obvious guy at the top, and this mm-hmm. seemed like a position that when I looked at how you know our first run of initial lineups, I'm thinking, huh, <laughs> like yeah. this is this is interesting, and not in, interesting like not in the greatest way possible. Give me your thoughts on running back where to start. Um, is there like a guy that we can feel very comfortable about right out of the gate, or are we going to be sort of mixing and matching pieces this week? Well, there is a guy that I feel comfortable with. The problem is that he puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the lineup and it's the obvious play in Derrick Henry uh last week the field kind of landed on Dalvin Cook as the running back one in the same matchup against Jacksonville turned out to be correct the Titans obviously had a hell of a time doing anything offensively in the first half against Cleveland and by the time 
they were actually doing things. It was kind of out of Henry was just game scripted out. I don't think we're at risk of that at all with the Titans being seven and a half point favorites against the Jags here. Uh, the Jags have the 10th worst rushing DVOA this year. If you're thinking about spending up and you're comparing Henry to Cook, he has the worst possible matchup as a big underdog against the Bucks, who have the top-ranked rush defense. So Henry's also cheaper. I just think if you're going to wind up paying up at one running back slot, which we have most weeks, Henry seems like the straightforward guy. Yeah, it's it's pretty, like I said, it's pretty straightforward. Like you said, it's pretty straightforward here with him in terms of just where he's going to land uh, in terms of his opportunity. You know, you do get Christian McCaffrey back this week. He's 10,000. Look, we saw what happened when they brought him back. I'm just giving another guy in this tier. We saw what happened when they brought him back from injury last time where it was, you know, briefly reported that he was going to, you know, you know, get ease back in. And what they meant by ease back in was talk, touch the ball 30 times again. And, and that's going to, and away you go. I, I don't know if because of where we are in the state of the season for the Panthers, if we can really trust that happening. But I don't know if we can just save this for the game by game tomorrow. But well, I just don't know why you didn't. You don't need to force it this week either. It's not a great matchup against Denver. We have an obviously good play in Derrick Henry in a, with a perfect matchup, essentially. So you're not going to do it this week, I don't think. And it's not like we just have savings abounding elsewhere where we can consider two high-priced running backs. If you go with McCaffrey, I would say a big tournament would be a good place to take your shot on that. You don't want to be on the... 4% McCaffrey ownership in cash only to see the Panthers roll it back and realize that they probably should have been more cautious to begin with. So yeah. And their season's effectively over. All right. Yeah, what, exactly. what, what else after, after uh, Henry then, because yeah, this, this is, is actually where it's really looking a little grim. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So there are a couple guys that had big cash game ownership last week that should at least be on your radar. Um, one is you know the Miami cash or the Miami running back situation. In spite of the fact that they're big time underdogs against the chiefs, Miles Gaskin, who was 84% owned last week, is just 6,000 on FanDuel. So he's effectively free. Now, the thing that we don't know just yet is what's going to happen with all the rest of the Dolphins running back. So we'll have to revisit that. But I'm going to definitely advise you to keep an eye on it because it might be a week where even as big underdogs, you have to consider it. Just because the Dolphins also, they seem they they prefer to run it at this point. Like they're not totally comfortable just handing the reins to Tua and letting him pass 50 times, even if they fall down by a touchdown. So so that's one to keep an eye on. But I'm curious to know what you think of David Montgomery. Uh, he saw 20-plus percent ownership in cash last week. Admittedly, quite a good matchup against Detroit. His price has come up a little bit to 6,600. But he, he goes up against Houston this week. Um, you know, Vegas has this as a one-and-a-half-point game. Montgomery's touches are not fantastic in, you know, proposed game scripts like this in the past. Like we're looking at, you know, maybe 17 to 19 touches on average with upside towards like 21. But that's that's a lot less than we're comfortable with for a lot of these uh, even mid-priced running backs. What, what are your thoughts on Montgomery as he goes up against Houston here? Okay, so I'm I'm encouraged by the overall just general snap count that he sees on a week-to-week basis because mm-hmm. without Tarek Cohen, I believe that that has come up pretty significantly. Now, it doesn't always translate to overall overwhelming um, – like so, for, for instance, like the last two weeks ago, he played fifty-eight of the sixty-eight uh, snaps, and then last week it was fifty-two of the sixty-nine. So, like that's a really, really encouraging snap count. Actually, very few running backs uh, kind of run out that much. But like I said, like you said, you know, fifty-eight snaps, but he touches the ball seventeen times, and that that's that's sort of discouraging. So, I think that that's probably it's probably actually the overall touches that keep this price, you know, sixty-six hundred on Fanduel, keep the price relatively in an area where I can consider it. And I don't know. It's just it's so uninspiring. But 
if you look at the, if you really, if you look down this list of the rest of the running backs, one, we have a lot of games with low totals this week. So I don't think we can really go crazy there. Um, we have teams that just more seem like they're more incentivized to pass than others. Um, that, that actually encompasses a lot of teams. And, and we talk about some funnel defenses as well. And then there's some question marks around just overall opportunity. So I think that, I think I could probably end up talking myself into it and it feels not amazing. And I know that's sort of a wishy-washy answer. Yeah. We're, we're pretty much hoping that everything comes together and we get like, you know, a surprise, really cheap running back that we can dig into because there's just a lot of, there, there's a lot of guys who are pretty uninspiring. I'll say one guy that I think you can consider, and this might sound totally insane is James Robinson. Uh, yeah, he's a seven and a half point dog, which you don't, I wouldn't say you love to see that. But if you look at his game logs, like in the last five of the last six games, he's touched the ball 24 or more times. So yeah. we're talking about huge usage and, and several like 27 plus. Actually, hold on. Yeah, four of these games, he touched the ball 27 or more times. So just like an absolute workhorse at this point. He's been effective on those touches. He's a touchdown scoring threat. The only game that he didn't hit that total was against Pittsburgh when they lost by 24 points. He still touched the ball 19 times in that game. So if the floor for him is around 20 touches, you know, going up against Tennessee, we saw that their defense isn't like the greatest in the world last week against Cleveland, to put it yeah, lightly. But their bottom, so, bottom five defense in the season. Yeah, so I think Robinson is totally a worthwhile consideration here. The Jags can't pass the ball. Their passing attack is awful, and Robinson is quite good. So I think if you take all that together... This would be the first time I think we play a running back on FanDuel at eight thousand dollars as a seven plus point dog, but yeah, it might not be outrageous. So that's where uh, where I'm going to well, land with well, that. If we play if we play him and Gaskin, we can get two seven point underdog. Running that backs would really be something, yeah. But I, uh, I but I really don't think you can rule it out because this week, like maybe we'll find some of this cheap value that we're hoping for at wide receiver. Um, doesn't look like we're going to get it at tight end. We haven't discussed any cheap running backs that are obviously available right now. So. So yeah, it's it's pretty tough. Um, and let me just say one thing about like some of these other games that have high totals where we might have targeted running backs in the past, like that are you know favorites. There's just problematic pieces around a few of these. So that you have Indianapolis as a three point uh, favorite going into Las Vegas. We're like, okay, you want to just trust that Jonathan Taylor no. is going to get all the things right? They 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 split snaps. It was basically two to one to one last week. In ter- it was for, like three ways. It was, yeah. they, I think it was like eight carries, eight carries, six carries, or something like that between Taylor Hines. And Wilkins, no way. So you have a problem there. And then you look at uh, Green Bay, who's a a seven-and-a-half-point road favorite, and you're like, okay, Aaron Jones. But we've seen time and time again where we just can't totally trust that Jamal Wilson – Jamal Williams is not going to have – you know, a large role. Now, last week they went 40 to 21 in terms of snaps and the game's kind of going their way. He still only touched the ball 18 times. So I think you can, I think you're going to see people try to talk themselves into Jones here. And that makes sense to me, I think, but I'd still, it's, it's pretty nerve. I'd be pretty nerve wracking because actually sneakily Detroit has now landed themselves as the worst defense in the league overall uh, at, thir- at 32. And hmm. so I, if you're going to look at like, just like matchup and if there's a way, place that Aaron Jones is going to break it out of the box with the, with the biggest total on the slate, I mean, well, let me just let's just finish. We can't, off I can't have you talk me into Aaron Jones again. Uh, we've done this too many times. We're not playing Aaron Jones this week. Doesn't matter who they're playing. The fact that he can go out there and just carry the ball fourteen times, and Williams carries it fourteen times, it's a non-starter. They have plenty of other weapons. We're not playing Aaron Jones unless there's unless like Williams gets injured. I, I cannot play him in cash this week. I'm not, I'm not going to have you look over what our calculated DraftKings lineup is right now. Though. He's eighty-seven hundred on Fanduel, Aaron Jones. Yeah, He's no, in a timeshare. He, it's a, it's he's seventy six on DraftKings and that's where it gets a little bit um, interesting. Okay, he's we'll trash. About- if you throw out the one forty four point game, you don't want to throw it out. It was against the Detroit Lions, so uh, you you can't throw it out entirely. 
if you make that just like a normal good game, this guy's just dog poop, Doug, on this price. He's you know, we're not playing him. So continue. I think he's gonna be chalk. Okay, let's talk about um, wide. <laughs> let's talk about wide receivers here. It, we're getting to the part of the season where, and it, it's it's not too dissimilar from running backs, where prices have been pretty much corrected for guys that have been around the whole season at their at their you know current performance level, right? So like at this point, you are paying a premium for the Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hills yeah. of the world who have just been absolutely amazing. You're even paying a premium on guys who have not been great in the short term, but have been overall pretty good, like you know DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, guys like this, uh, even DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure you can totally justify going all the way up into this tier at this point, even with the understanding that these guys are among the best target guys in the league. So I'm kind of just caveating that by saying it's just what happens late season, right? Like we're, if we're short of injuries, we're just not getting, you're not getting value on these guys anymore. They've had a whole season to have their prices get uh, up right. into the right zone, except Michael Thomas is not under that. <laughs> it doesn't fit that distinction because he was hurt and so bad to start the season that his price has actually not come back around in a way that these other guys have. And we've seen that Taysom Hill is just absolutely fine targeting him in the same way Drew Brees did, right? Like, I, this has been yeah. two weeks. I, I, I'm, I'm knocking the Denver game out for New Orleans. It was the weirdest game ever. They started a middle schooler at quarterback for Denver. Like, it just, they didn't want, they just wanted to get out without getting injured. The game was just weird to begin with. So I don't count that game. In the other two games, Michael Thomas has double-digit targets, over 100 yeah. yards in each. He just mispriced at this point. So I'm, yep. uh, there's a long, a long road to say he belongs in that tier, that top tier of guys, and he's the one guy whose price is just wrong because he hasn't had a whole season to have it correct. It's an absolute joke. Uh, it's a comical price. I cannot believe we got him at sub 10% ownership last week. There's just no indication that changing quarterbacks has affected him at all. So, yes, we're, we're playing Michael Thomas. Let's go. So that one was pretty easy. I also think that Brandon Ayuk has had a weird sort of season so far. He was like on the COVID list. He was hurt for a week. But overall, this guy, he's another one where the quarterback situation, and I actually think at this point, like we can pretty much say that the 49ers quarterback situation is just like whoever plays just has the benefit of just whatever, whether the system they're running. And it kind of doesn't matter if it's the Jimmy G's or Nate mm-hmm. Mullins of the world, um, but Nick Mullins of the world. But over the last three weeks that he's played, now this dates back all the way to the beginning of November because there was some COVID stuff in there. He has 9, 14, and 10 targets. He has nine, 75 more or more yards in each of those games. And actually, if you go one more back, he had a 115-yard game. So he's had 75 more yards in four of his la- all four of his last uh, four games, and then he has three touchdowns in those games. This guy, I don't know if he's like under the radar at this point because it's in a San Francisco pa- passing attack, and they've had just so many guys being shuttled in and out in terms of injuries. But... He is butting up against like wide receiver one type usage and production. Yeah, I'm with it. I think he's totally underpriced. I think the production is there. I mean, he's seen chalk ownership in DFS before. Um, I think people probably overrate the presence of Debo Samuel, for instance, on Ayuk's production. He's just good, super talented. Not, It's not been like terribly efficient, but if you compare him to, say, like a you know, T.Y. Hilton of past years where it's like you're going to get a lot of targets, maybe not tons of receptions, but those receptions are going to be extremely high value. The fair price for guys like that in the past has been, you know, around 75 to 7,800 on FanDuel. And Ayuk is just significantly significantly beneath that. So I'm, I'm very excited about playing him at this cheaper price point, um, especially given, you know, now we have two, you know, kind of cheaper mid-range wide receivers that we can feel really good about, which is going to help us afford, you know, some 
uncomfortable decisions at other positions, like where we might need to pay up twice at running back or tight end or something like that. So, yeah, I'm I'm all about it this week. And where Ayuk is really mispriced is uh is on DraftKings at 5400. Like that that price um just doesn't really make any sense to me based on the current production. It, it just uh, he again it was like sort of not great to start the season, but sub six thousand for this target share uh, on him, even with the existence of Debo Samuel, is uh is just totally fine for me. After those two guys, um, I did write up the Houston situation here because we saw we speculated last week that Kiki mm-hmm. Kute would come out and be the major benefactor of the Will Fuller suspension. That played out 100% correct. He had a massive game at the minimum. The price did come up to 5000 on DraftKings. I think it's probably still fine just because they, oh, yeah. the, 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 the problems remain the same for them. They just don't have any... The, the Chad Hansen, Hansen, who like I'm not sure we. I mean, I'm not even positive we had 100 percent of projection on him going. Into we did, last yeah, week. Um, he, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I should have known that. But the, uh, but like he's a guy where he saw a ton of targets too, and I, I you know, I'm not going to totally count on that week to week. But Kute at mm-hmm. least has a little bit of track record here. So you find going back to him because this this would again maybe spell the third wide receiver that we can sort of trust the target share on a price that is not fully corrected for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm totally fine playing Kuti on DraftKings. Uh, it's worth noting that potentially some of that target share came because Cooks was knocked out of the game for a little bit yeah. last week uh, where he was being evaluated for a concussion. So there's some chance it's not going to hit quite those same numbers and some chance that Cooks gets 10-plus targets in this game as well. So I think both of them can be firmly in consideration here. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why not. Watson's still playing well. There's a lot of good, high-quality targets to go around. I think both Cooks and Kuti are, are fine considerations. One other situation just to keep an eye on is the Tennessee passing attack. Uh, A.J. Brown is questionable now going into this week. Uh, John o. Smith, I believe, is still questionable. And Corey Davis is coming off a massive target week. C. Davis. Yeah, I don't want to give. I don't. I don't want to translate <laughs> just like one game onto his production because we've seen this again. We've Wait, been, you don't? Wait, we've been, I feel like we've played Corey Davis in the yeah, past. <laughs> we've been down the road on the Corey Davis elite target chair um, missteps, and I'm well aware that that is a uh, something that can happen. And at the same time, you know, 12 targets. He had a he went 11, 182, and one. So again, it's 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 actually less about last week's performance and more about the state of where the wide receiver core could be, especially if A.J. Brown sits. So I, I get that it looks right. like I'm, you know, game log watching here and just like throwing out the pick. I try to make this the, the distinction to say that's not what was happening. And it was encouraging that he was kind of the guy if they were if they were looking a little thin. So uh, those are the overall thoughts there at wide receiver. Anything else to add here? I think that, I mean, we'll get more into this in the game-by-game game, uh, portion of things tomorrow, but that's kind of where it landed, and I'm admitting that it's a sort of a weird... I mean, we, we th- this feels like a weird group of guys that we've kind of thrown out here for cash games at this point. Um, and I, I, I tend to think the math is correct. Marvin Jones is another guy you can consider. But um, yeah. I tend to think the math is correct, but it does feel like the list of guys and situations that we've now gone through is not doesn't reach like the level of, of kind of like comfort that we've talked about maybe in past cash game weeks. Yeah, I would say that's probably accurate. I mean, almost every week this year, we've had at least a cheap running back to float more expensive options at other positions. And when we have to get into like this weird middle range, like usually I, when I'm figuring out how many cash game lineups to play, I'm basically counting how many guys that I'm a little nervous to put in the lineup and how much salary is being apportioned there. I'll tell you if that our lineup going into Sunday looks something like, you know, like where the running backs are James Robinson and Miles Gaskin, I'm not going to be putting a lot of money in on my, uh, in my FanDuel lineup. So, or like Aaron Jones on DraftKings, I'm just not going to be 
going all in at that point. So um, I'm hoping for some value to creep up and, you know, open things up for us a little bit. I would say the position I like most right now for us is probably wide receiver. Uh, I think quarterback's going to be fine, but that's been a kind of a stretch recently as well. I don't know. Yeah, so far it's not exciting. Uh, I do think a tight end, though, uh, for a change of pace, there are a couple of pretty obvious options here. So uh, the first one to keep an eye on is another just situation you have to monitor is Johnny Smith in Tennessee. He missed his first game of the season last week. Uh, we saw Ferkser being the highest owned tight end, and he was good, um, at least good on his price point, good relative to what we're expecting from tight ends normally. And if Smith were to miss again, going cheap with Ferkser would make perfect sense. We just got to keep an eye on it. We, we don't know what Smith's status is just yet. Um, but we do have the pleasure of potentially playing Travis Kelsey this week, Doug. Yep. Uh, Kelsey has been just a force unto himself this season. It's very rare that $8,000-ish tight ends on FanDuel wind up supporting a price tag like that. Usually, like, you know, the basic litmus test is, is this guy performing at a similar level to guys at his price point at wide receiver? And that can kind of let you know if it if it's worth it or not. So Kelsey right now, I think he's averaging something like 16.5 FanDuel points a game. And he's around 8,200. Yeah, he's 8,200 on FanDuel. So uh, just to compare him to wide receivers in that same price tier, you have Keenan Allen, 8,500, 14.7 FanDuel points. Uh, Hopkins is in this area, 14.3. Ridley, 15. A.J. Brown, 14. Lockett, 14. Justin Jefferson, 14. You get the idea. Kelsey's right. just been better than those guys. Um, and given how just simply terrible tight end is on a week-to-week basis, I think you're going to be safer going cheaper mid-range at wide receiver, you know, with some of the guys we've discussed, like Kuti or whoever, than you are dipping into the cheap random guy tight end category, right? Where you're just like, I don't know, maybe this is the week I play Hayden Hurst, right? Uh, I think I think Kelsey is, he's almost in that old school Gronk territory where it's like, you could play Gronk or you could play everything else. And yeah, I think that's- Oftentimes you know, we landed on Gronk. I think what throws people off about Kelsey is that everyone is so conditioned to just punt tight end at this point that when yeah. when you see lineups that come in where it's you're paying up for Kelsey it can almost like make your brain melt because you think well that's he's the guy throwing the lineup off like oh the insistence on Kelsey is there and, mm. and by the way yeah. there's two things it's like one condition to um to like just go as cheap as possible at tight end because um, like 90 percent of the time that's correct combined with the fact that KC has played so few games on the main slate that you haven't been forced into this position before that when he does show up, it can kind of make it you think that you're prioritizing the wrong guy because of those two conflicting issues, right? So Kelsey, and it ends up just being a. I, I'm just I'm parroting what our users are going to say. It's like, oh, why do we have Kelsey in there? Like because it makes the it makes things look weird. It's like why you get some of these cheaper running backs or some of these cheaper wide receivers. But the mm. the, the thing to know about Kelsey at this point, I mean, and this isn't going to be totally news. The the downgrade like he's so much better than everybody else that it's not even that's it's laughable. It's so right now average uh, DraftKings points in the season in terms of non quarterbacks just because the quarterbacks are just in general going to score more. And I'm going to actually knock out Christian McCaffrey because he's only played three games. He Kelsey ranks uh, fourth overall all positions like like all all skill positions uh, fourth overall in per Jeez. game scoring. 
Um, and, and then you can actually take away some of these guys like Kamara's ahead of him. Technically, it's not unreasonable that Kelsey might pass him just by how little they're using Kamara at this point. It's mm-hmm. actually amazing because uh, Tyreek Hill is uh, is third on that list. So the fact that they're supporting two of these guys <laughs> as the top overall fantasy skill positions is, is totally ridiculous. But so that's just I'm using this as comparison to say, you know, Travis Kelsey averages more DraftKings points this season than Derrick Henry. OK, like that's. <laughs> just think yeah. about that like that seems completely inconceivable if you're not looking at it and yet he does and then he just kills some of these other guys like he's destroying keenan allen on a on a, on a per game basis like, on DraftKings, yeah. on draft because yeah. the extra ppr yeah, yeah so i mean we, i don't think we need to make the case any further that he's just incredible and i think if you really like a way to evaluate this because the the thing about the expensive tight end like you noted is that it just makes your lineup look different than it normally looks yes right you're gonna have an a quote-unquote unsafe guy at some other position, which is going to feel weird because you don't normally have to do that. Um, but just imagine that there were just different letters next to these guys' names, and Travis Kelsey was a running back, and Miles Gaskin was a tight end, right? You'd be, like, pumped to play Miles Gaskin a tight end, right? You effectively get to do that this week <laughs> if you want to, right? Because you can just play, play Kelsey, who's basically like a normal skill position player at his price, and then you just get a you know like almost like a wild card that you can play at running back or wide receiver or even quarterback, you know, like you said with Jalen Hurts, you get the option to, because normally we've been constricted by having to punt tight end. Now we don't have to. We can pick the best punt option from all the other positions and do that instead. So I'm not saying we'll definitely do it going into this week, but I think there's a a strong likelihood. Um, If that's not to your taste and you want to consider another option, I do think Mike Gusecki is an interesting play coming out of Miami here. Basically, the case for Gusecki is a one-week case, which we don't always love to do. Uh, he caught nine balls on 11 targets for 88 yards and a touch last week, which was awesome. You know, you're, you're pretty excited about that. Critical people will look down his game log and point out that he hasn't exactly done that every single week. What gives me, or what makes me feel encouraged about playing Gusecki is just that the targets thrown his way were so much more valuable than the targets thrown everywhere else for Tua last week. So like I said, 9 of 11 to Gusecki. Two is 17 for 28 for 208 yards to everyone else. So I guess like he's a little bit more expensive now on FanDuel at 5,700. But if you just simply cannot afford it to pay up for Kelsey, I think Gasecki is like, yeah, basically like a consolation prize and not a terrible one at that. Um, yeah, so. I feel much better about Gasecki on, I mean, like I said, Kelsey is a little more expensive on FanDuel. It gets a little closer there. It's really not all that close on DraftKings. So that's why I was kind of honing in on the DraftKings price. Yeah, and the, P- and the extra PPR too. I mean, it's everything points in Kelsey's direction there. Right, because if, if he was a wide receiver on DraftKings, you wouldn't even think twice about it. But it's just the fact that it's a positional thing. Right. It's like he's, he's killing some of these guys that are more expensive than him, and it just doesn't make total sense. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow doing game-by-game game breakdown of every game on the main slate. In the meantime, sign up for DFSR.com slash deals. Get you started on our projection system uh, for FanDuel and DraftKings, optimal lineups for both those sites. And the subscription is going to include not only the NFL as the season kind of continues to chug on, but it's also going to include NBA that's restarting in fewer than, or actually exactly 12 days from now. So we'll be covered all under one subscription package. No one really else in the industry does that. Um, so you're just going to find one of the best deals out there. So DFSR.com slash deals. We'll be back again tomorrow when we break down every game on the main slate. Buddy, have a good one. Peace.